Hello, son. I'm looking for Henry Ruhlenfurter. Raffenboozer. Rosenbagger. Warm up. You're going in. Gardenhoser. Ruhlenfurter. I never doubted him for a minute. Hey, way to go, runner-mucker. Ron Gardner, you're going in. What do you call me? <laughs> Monsters, madness, and magic. Welcome to the Monsters, Madness, and Magic podcast. I am Justin, and this afternoon I am joined by a very special guest. He's finally made his way out of King Arthur's court, Agler and former Rookie of the Year, Mr. Thomas Nicholas. Thomas, how the hell are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be back in my uh, own present time, though it seems like uh, maybe I should go back in time. Yes, I think uh, King Arthur's time would be much more fun than this. You know, uh, for for a moment, we had a a, a ruler as morose, but uh, it looks like that all changed. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, it's a brand new day. Yes. Indeed. I, I was looking, I was like, oh, wow, I have an interview scheduled for Inauguration Day. But obviously, we're on the West Coast, so right, yeah. the timing of it, of our interview. My kids were watching, like my son got out of, you know, Zoom school. <laughs> to go watch uh you know president uh joe biden get sworn in yes sir and certainly i think we could all use a breath of fresh air you know what i'm saying oh yeah no it's it's pretty awesome my my daughter's pretty stoked on it as soon as she saw uh vice president ivy president yep <laughs> you sure can <laughs> yes you can all right so thomas do you have a eureka moment that you can point to from early in life where you just decided to finally take the plunge and pursue an acting career um, I mean, I was pretty young. I was years old, took that plunge. Um, yeah. but I do remember it fairly about all the that, that got me, got me really long. This is a long time ago. This was, yeah, man. <laughs> that's four years before I was on the earth. <laughs> I, had, I had a feeling. Yeah. 1990. You know, you know, you're old when you start actually like working people that were not born when you started working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could, I could see that. <laughs> My first experience with your work was uh, obviously a, a 1993, that's Rookie of the Year. Um, so how did that opportunity come about? I know you started off on some TV movies and such, but I think that was your first feature. Um, yeah, there was, there was uh, my first feature um, that came out in theaters, I think, a flyer, yeah. but I had a very small role in, we still shot for three months, uh, even though I, you know, I think I'm in like maybe 10 minutes a week, if that, um, Although the director's cut, Dick Donner, his original cut was four and a half hours. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, there was also The Fear Inside with Lottie and uh, had my on for the 22. Um, and that was, but that was made for Showtime. So, but still a movie. But yeah, then then Rookie of the Year came. Essentially, the uh, the opportunity came as an audition, as, as all of my other, I probably had anywhere from any given year, hundred to upwards of wow uh, i got the audition get a call back through a random set of events i won't get into the deal. I was switching in. hey you got an audition this movie rookie of the year and i oh i already auditioned he says well they obviously don't remember you so go again <laughs> That's the rest is history <laughs> now were, were you a sports fan at all was it something that you were familiar with were you a baseball fan i mean i knew what baseball was yeah okay gotcha. <laughs> but uh, no it. i mean i i uh i i was growing up much like well Similar to Henry and Enzo, you know, single mom, uh, dissimilar to uh, my mom wasn't once a, uh, a great pitcher, a floater. The joys of, you know, being at home. Right. <laughs> so your co-star was none other than Gary Busey. So I'm just wondering if you picked up on any uh, Buseyisms on set 
I imagine he kept everybody on their toes. Uh, yeah. I mean, he he definitely uh, kept me on my toes. Once he kept me about off off my toes by about four inches. I mean, by my own. <laughs> Uh, and that was off that was off camera huh that was just oh yeah that was that was just in the lunchroom in front of the crew <laughs> but remember uh there's there's one thing to to note about uh that eternal wedgie and carry uh he was the nicest oh so you got it you got off pretty easy then yeah that, that was because he liked me <laughs> damn <laughs> so in 1995 obviously we you got a kid in king arthur's court uh I'm guessing you would have been about 14 or 15 then did you have that childlike awe of Disney at the time? And how did it feel being cast and involved in a Walt Disney? You know, uh, it would have felt great. Um, it actually was an independent film that they sold to Disney after. Gotcha. I know. Okay, see, um, I didn't even know that. You're t- teaching me something. No, it's all good. Uh, you know, so I, I was I was technically... Uh, not um uh, cat you know like i didn't i didn't get that that sort of aha gotcha moment. yeah i wasn't i wasn't technically a disney kid uh i was a i was a i was i was let in the back door yeah you're like retroactively i stuck in, in. in the exit yeah. <laughs> uh, damn that's... well that uh my next question doesn't i was going to build off of that one because in uh, 2015 you portrayed walt disney and I was just wondering. I, I blew that one for you. Yeah, more man. Now, 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 I will give you this. Uh, I am a huge Disney fan. I started going to Disneyland when I was eight months old, at least wow. once a year. So, um, uh, being being that I'm now old, I've been in a lot. I think, I think, honestly, last year I hadn't been in my entire life. Wow. Well, I'd say that to people like me, you're still a Disney kid, so it doesn't really matter <laughs> if if that happened or not. You know. <laughs> The next work I have here listed as certainly a far cry from this American Pie release took the world by storm in 99. And my mom would probably kill me for admitting this, but I did watch it at nine years old. You know, uh, probably not something you want a nine year old watching, but (laughs) it's still one of the most memorable and quotable franchises around. So how was it uh, going as a child actor and all these kind of, well, not Disney, but Disney-esque roles into essentially breaking out in such a non-child friendly franchise? (laughs) I mean, it was, uh, you know, it's one of those things that that particular script, I, uh, I actually passed on the openings was a little too intimate. And uh, well, it wasn't the opening scene that you see in the film now It was actually an opening with my care with Kevin and Vicky and Vicky instructing Kevin in a proper motion. And and I didn't read past that. I, I, <laughs> I threw it in the trash, thought it was like, call my, what are you sending me? You know, like, and, and at the time it wasn't called American Pie. They didn't come up with that title. Uh, until we were actually in production at that time, it was called Untitled Teen Sex Comedy Million Dollars. Uh, studios will hate, but audiences will love. Accurate. I mean, talk about talk about getting your pitch out right in. Yeah. Right, avoid the pitch <laughs> right in the title. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, once once I did, there's a, a you know a whole series of events that led up to. And once I did, I, I saw that it had a lot to offer. You know, in my opinion, one of the main reasons why it still has some staying power is that it has more to offer than just the advertised gross-out comedy. Yes, it's a gross-out comedy. Yeah, there's a lot of friendships and meanings that carry out throughout the movie. So, uh, speaking of non-kidly franchises, uh, you've had the pleasure of being killed on screen by Michael. So, uh, you got cemented in a spot in horror history for that. What was your experience like filming Halloween Resurrection? Um, I mean, I was 
first of all, super stoked. Like that's one of those uh, aha moments because I hadn't done a horror film prior to that. Be cast a horror franchise that essentially the original yeah. horror franchise. Granted, no, we're the <laughs> bastard eighth child of the <laughs> franchise. It still was part of the main thing. So it's John Carpenter adjacent, you know, you can, you got that. Yeah. So I, I was really stoked and it was, it was great. It was a great cast. Um, I'm still friends with, uh, at the grocery store, the only place that I, I get to go these days. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then, you know, if you look at like, look at what, uh, I just watched Katie Sackhoff on, um, Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, I was like, man, she looks totally different. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like, why does this girl look so familiar? I'm like, oh, that's because that's Katie Sackhoff, and we worked together in like the beginning of the century. Oh yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. So, are you a horror fan? Did you obviously you're aware of Halloween before you got in there? You know, I would say that I'm a moderate horror fan. I like horror movies. Um, I I like the devices utilized. I'm not like a diehard. You know, I wouldn't be able to pass a pop quiz like horror trivia so i'm a moderate horror fan and i have produced uh some myself really what what are the names of those um there's there is one that's a uh, a fantasy horror called uh fading of the cries that um you know it's not we didn't necessarily achieve what we wanted uh outside of you know, selling that one to lionsgate that was probably our best achievement of that film uh was was getting a linked up with a, a studio we did one with uh called the lost with scott grimes um uh you 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 seem like kind of a glint in your eye when we're talking about horror so i have oh yeah this is my thing yeah. <laughs> you see the curtains never the candles <laughs> <laughs> uh lacey chabert's in that michael madsen um we ended up doing a deal with that one with uh with red box uh after the theatrical um uh, it, uh well there's a pilot that we shot that that it was a pilot presentation um so you, you can't see that one uh, gotcha. but we might still make that one and we're actually going back dipping back into horror on the next project so i've got advert that's coming out uh in select theaters on february 12th okay. uh, that's my newest film and that one a drama but my business partner and i brian Amy, we're dipping back into horror oh oh my gosh that's the other one uh we did a vampire movie living among us with john hurd Hurd's last uh william sadler uh, and, uh, so we we sold that one to sony so we're actually you know now that we've done advert we're developing it awesome i got those written down i gotta check them out so obviously by the time you do all this you've uh worked with some heavy hitters we mentioned gary Busey, uh josh acklin that's die hard man uh Ron Moody, uh, did you pick up any tricks of the trade from these veteran guys early on? Um, I mean, I was, first of all, you know, always stoked to work with uh, a seasoned veteran and definitely what they had. They all really um, had as, uh, you know, just like just a lot of charisma, certain something about them. You know, really, you were obviously you know, very well, uh, very, very like a lot of technique. And as well, it was interesting to watch those that I you know, adored. Um, and how much they would spend rehearsing, how much time they would spend rehearsing. Right. For instance, uh, probably the, the craziest time that I was really hit to that on a little film, another film for Showtime, H. Macy. I remember getting a knock on, on the trailer door's assistant. William H. Macy would like to rehearse with me. I said, oh, well, can you come to his trailer and f- go to the trailer? We'd rehearse this. He goes, oh, sure. He, he must, we got, we wow. and you would think that like someone as talented as well, achieved so much and is so good as craft might not need that much right i learned that day that um, that is sit and watch in awe is they might be really good but they're really good you're right the work comes first and then it just looks easy to us i noticed uh my eyesight is off but it looks like you got a guitar behind you do you have a musical background i do yeah i'm um a musician i've got a a band toured (laughs) all the time 
Um, yeah, we would play probably about, I don't know, we've probably done over 700 shows around the world in Ooh. about 12 countries. Um, I've released six albums. I'm actually, during this time, uh, of you know lockdown and singles um so it dropped like four last year and the next one drops uh, ironically called home life mm. uh, and i should i should say purpose <laughs> ironical wow <laughs> i can't i don't even know what i'm saying uh i need more coffee uh, it's purposefully ironic uh and it comes out on uh, that's awesome uh, have you considered uh doing any potential streaming since covid started i know a lot of people are streaming concerts and stuff like that yeah, in the in the beginning, I was doing um, I, I was getting hired for a fair shake. I did one for Coca-Cola that benefit um, the COVID in the Red Cross. And, and that was back like when this kind of all started I, uh, in Albany. Uh, namely, um, I had started a Patreon about like December of 2000 in sort of the hopes of like, OK, I'm going to start working on the next album. And I had been doing crowdfunding for the last for the previous two albums. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I would say I want to say it was about April. I started this thing called Sunday Fun Day. I this coming Sunday will be my 39th consecutive streaming Sunday. Oh, that's 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 the kind of residency that I never wanted, but I'll take it. <laughs> and you said that's for your Patreon? Yeah, that's for my Patreon. So, you know, uh obviously you know, getting the, the albums out and get the studio time uh before, but you know, people can come and join for I I've got like all sorts of Gotcha. Um, I'll have to look know. into that myself. I have something I'd be interested in watching. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, I, I keep everything up there. Everyone gets the songs like a month before they're, I'm doing like a lot of archive stuff. Right now I'm, I started, I've got like every, like different days of the week mean different things. Yeah. So I'm trying to like make my own like TV, my, my own Thomas TV network. Great idea. You know, it's Music Mondays is where I share like the music or old archive music that was never, uh, and I've just started Video Wednesdays and I'm going to share all these videos for Studio 6. Dave Grohl's studio, we recorded our frat party album, sixth album, all my favorite songs, American Pie soundtracks, okay. uh, made a deal with them where we couldn't put the videos in the public to show the studio, but they were cool with us. Now I'm going to show all the videos, six behind the scenes videos and nine mini episodes. Gotcha. I'll, uh, I'll make sure to look that up and put a link to the, the Patreon in the description of this. Um, oh, thanks, Justin. No problem. Um, uh, now is that I know you have an acoustic band too. Did you just do acoustic sets with that band, or is that a separate deal? Uh, I mean, I had a full, you know, rock band. I've got you know, a, a garage full of all the gear. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But for the streaming concerts, yeah, it's usually just. And I do when I was touring, I would kind of go half and half. You know, mm -hmm. be about forty shows. With did you come from a musical family? Were your parents some musicians? Um, I mean, my mom played guitar. She that's kind of how I picked it up because I saw it. Uh, yeah, and then. <laughs> um you know my dad was uh was a musician was a, a lounge lizard act um mainly for the free beer but you know hey uh, that's the good uh, stuff so, yeah so i guess musicianship was uh was in my blood at least especially from my dad's side gotcha so you've run uh the gambit on a lot of cool 90s shows that i'm looking at your imdb here uh, you got married with children dr quinn harry and the henderson's baywatch on and on do uh any of those early tv roles stick out to you now like fond memories um, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's funny cause I, I was, I had just shown my son, uh, my Baywatch up maybe like a year ago. I think they dropped like all the old time mm -hmm. or something. Um, and so I, I showed him that. And then my son has taken a little, he's dipped a toe in the water in a big way. I should say a whole foot. Uh, <laughs> cause when, when this kind of all started again, the lockdown, um, he had been doing some voiceover audition, occasional audition. So he booked, uh, an M night movie called old. So back in September, October, November, 
my son and I, so my, my wife and daughter stay at home. My son and I flew to the Dominican Republic under like, you know, COVID safety and three COVID tests. So two months, he shot an M night movie will be coming out in by universal in theaters in July. And it's called, old. holy shit. How old did you say your son was? Uh, he turned nine while we were there. That's gotta be a great feeling for you. You know? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'd be happy if they, you know, would, yeah. in whatever they want to do. And as long as whatever they're doing, they're happy for me. It's, it's all about the journey, not and kind of like if you enjoy what you do, then it's exactly. we spend so much time in pursuit of it that you really have to enjoy it. I mean, it's got to be it's going to be great for him too. you know, you've grown up in the business. So what are some what's some advice, some early advice you're kind of trying to instill in him early on? Um, I mean, it's, that, it's a little yeah, it's a little early for that. I mean, when I was when I was there, it was really, you know, just doing everything for him that my mom did me back back in the, uh, right. in that that sort of safety bubble making um i and I, I guess it made me think of it because the film was all shot and obviously all that baywatch uh, yeah. was on a beach there was one like montage scene where the camera moved a certain way and i was like oh my god it looked like the camera shot in baywatch <laughs> you know the term uh child star is just a weird thing you know because you're still working obviously you haven't stopped working but when we when I talk to a lot of folks who have grown up in the business as kids, uh, some of those experiences aren't always positive, you know, and it seems like you've had a pretty positive go in the business. Um, is, is that fair to say because of your parents, you know, kind of watching you and making sure everything's cool? Yeah, I mean, uh, my I, I think I, I'm, I'm definitely fortunate in that. Sense. Um, it was sort of just a, a realization early on uh, after after really the success of the year that I kind of took a step back because the recognition for that on on a personal level, you know, interaction with people that liked the movie, it was very strange. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I didn't, I like working, (laughs) but I didn't like the, the recognition. Right. So, um, I, I think one of the things that happened was when I did a kid in King's court, I remember my publicist or I, sorry, my manager wanted me to hire a publicist said, no, I don't want to do publicity. I just want to (laughs) work. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in hindsight, it was not necessarily the best maneuver for work because it's the age old adage, you know, where you have to advertise uh, your yeah. business in order to get work, um, you know, but at the time at 14, you know, I was when you're when you're 14, you can be more um, ideology. Ide- oh my gosh, I don't have words today, man. My words are gone. You can be more. You can have. You can stick to your ideals. You can be more optimistic, perhaps. No, no, I I mean like you can be idealistic. Gotcha. My God, I just I I don't even know what word I what version of that word I went into <laughs> just now, but I had a lot of ideals. And I, and at 14, you can kind of stick to that and you right. can kind of get an idea in your head and you, you can go after that. As an adult, you sort of start to see more sides of the equation and weigh those out. Um, but I think that mistake also helped me stay out of trouble and music kind of helped kept me. It gave me an opportunity to express myself creatively and get through all that without myself. In a- right. I was really lucky and I never got caught. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main component. If you don't, you can't get trouble if you don't get caught, you know. So I'd say movies like Rookie of the Year and Kid, A Kid in King Arthur's Court for the 90s are the equivalent of movies, uh, I guess you'd say The Goonies or something for the 80s, you know, uh, fond movies kids look back on in the 90s. What are some of those movies for you? Uh, I mean, I think I, I'm an 80s kid, you know, so I, I grew up watching all those. Uh, in fact, that was that was one of the fun bits was, you know, I've got my son is nine, my daughter's only four. For the certain films that he's old enough to see, but she's not old enough. 
Right. And so when we were in the Dominican, there was like a little, a little break for about in the middle. So during that break, we went on like a binge on because while we were there, we, you know, outside of going to the beach every, uh, which was walking the hotel we were staying, we couldn't really go explore the cause of COVID. So right. uh, I showed him Goonies, never ending story, uh, flight of the navigator. Yep. Back to the Future, uh, you know. Explorers, to, all of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. So uh, I grew up on all that stuff. And it was fun to, to revisit it uh, with my son. It brought me back to the... Awesome. So to date, what would you say is the best piece of acting advice you were... Huh. You know, I think in, in terms of... It's definitely that William H. Macy moment, which wasn't really uh, a poignant advice of uh, action speak louder than he led by... Right. Uh, and it's funny because as you, as I, as I'm looking in my mind right now to find the answer to your question, it dawned on me that what we were doing, I'm going to get highfalutin. I apologize. Hey. Uh, what we were doing was repetition, which is technically Meisner. Now I grew up, um, and going to acting classes, uh, learning the of Stanislavski. If you're not familiar with, the, or if anyone's watching, those are basically like the two, uh, things that are referred to talk about method acting. So method actors are either abiding by Stanislavski or Meisner. And they essentially are Stanislavski had this teacher. If I'm telling it right. And maybe I'm, I always get had this teacher and, and that's where he developed the method. But then I think Meisner, uh, had Stanislavski. So it's, so some people say, you know, Stanislavski's the original and Meisner's the copy. So Stanislavski's the original copy and Meisner's the copy of the copy. And right. that's what I kind of grew up thinking because I was studying the copy master, not the copy of the copy. <laughs> and when I did my recent film Adverse, uh, my business partner, Brian Metcalf, Brian A. Metcalf, he had been going to like some pretty respectable acting leading up to that uh, to really become a better director. And it actually improved his acting. He plays one. He kind of, I don't want to say tricked Meisner technique, um, but when we were in the rehearsal phase, he definitely injected his sort of study of Meisner. So I came out with this hybrid. So, you know, you, you might think that advice for me be like on my career, but for me, always been about the work. Mm -hmm. So when I think of advice, like, oh, what advice did I get about? Right. It's same as so, batting practice, you know? That's how a base, like a sports player would answer that question, just getting better at your craft. Right. Yeah, that, so that's those those kind of moments I think have led me to where I'm at now and I think are are going to be forward, you know, character. That's a very very good answer, well said. So, I only mispronounced like a, a few words in there, so I'm getting better. The coffee's ringing. Yeah, we'll fix it in post, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just in like not horror films or nostalgia films, what are your favorite movies? Period. Uh, you know, I was uh I grew up being a big Star Wars fan for like Star Wars, Star Wars advertised <laughs> everywhere yeah. before, before Star Wars was Disney, right? You know, no, no offense to it, but there, there, there became a point where it was almost, man, yeah. I was, I was driving to the groceries yesterday. I saw a dude Mandalorian outfit riding on an electric. Yeah. Oversaturation is a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure there might've been a Star Wars ad on the, uh, the parking, uh, bump. I, I parked it. It's just, yeah. So I was I was a big Star Wars fan before it was cool to be a Star Wars. Right. When you know they hadn't re-released an added CGI thing uh, <laughs> that are weird. You can't even find the original version. I was trying to like 
look through my archives. I have an original version, at least on VHS, that doesn't have these add-ons. Exactly. The originals, me and my friends were just talking about this the other day. They're extremely difficult and expensive to find just because, uh, you know, they add in Hayden Christensen on the remasters and there's a re-release and it's like, man, I just want, you know, the 1970 Star Wars. That's all. So that was a, that was a big one. I mean, obviously, I, you know, all the, the movies we, we mentioned before. Right. Um, and then I think... You know, I know it's one of those ones where what, what's the favorite thing to do like with bands and he's like, I know everybody likes it, but I liked it for. Yep. <laughs> um, so, so that there, there, there's your bit. I know everybody likes this movie, but who, which one did you like first? And that movie for me uh, was Shawshank Redemption. Ooh, good choice. Um, Shawshank Redemption is like listed on everyone's Facebook page as their favorite movie. But I say weren't there when it started because I was there in the theater. The theater was empty. And it was a box office disaster. And I went to the theater seven times and I would bring one friend with me and I would say, you have to watch this movie. It is incredible. And so I, you know, I would take like and we would be there. It would be the two of us. Every time I saw it, the theater was empty. Were you adding seven already times. at this point? What's that? Were you already acting at this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like, I was driving, so it was like 1996. Gotcha. um, Or maybe it was, when did it come out? It came out. 94, I think. Let me look it up real quick. It came out. I know I drove to the. Yeah, Shawshank says 1994. 94. Okay, I guess I was, I guess I was getting rides from mom. (laughs) I definitely know I saw it, saw that thing seven times and I can see those. It was so weird. I was like, how movie. Now, I, I didn't know it was, you know, one of the short stories in Stephen King. I was unaware of all that. I don't even remember how I ended up. That's like one of those films that if it later on when it would come on TV, I, I hope I didn't have anything else to do because I would get sucked right back in. Right, man. Uh, Clancy Brown is in that movie. He's one of my favorite actors because of that movie. And uh, Pet Cemetery 2, which a lot of people shit on, which I love Pet Cemetery 2 as well. <laughs> <laughs> Clancy, I love you. Don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are, what's your favorite uh, snack to snack on while you're eating these while you're watching these movies? Rather, not eating them. Snack to snack. Well, one of the one of the tricks, if if we're talking about movie theater, uh, one of the tricks that we would always do, my mom and I grow, we'd always bring garlic salt for the popcorn. Ooh, I'm a garlic that eater. The, that was the trick. Man. The garlic salt for the popcorn, because then you the butter popcorn was always too much. You just get it all over your fingers and distracted from the film as like butter's dripping off of your hands <laughs> you can't really like get the last little morsels because you're just like swimming your fingers in butter exactly um and so the garlic salt was yes sir so uh thomas uh do you have anything on the horizon where can folks find you i'm not going to keep you hostage i'm going to let you get to your children i know you just woke up don't want to hold you too long i appreciate that um yeah the the main thing that's coming out next is uh uh, the lines of adverse that I put with Brian Metcalf and Kelly Argent. We're very, very proud of the select theaters on February 12th streaming platform. And I'm not sure where Lionsgate is, you know, wherever Lionsgate releases their, <laughs> their movies. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of this one. Uh, Kelly, uh, Brian, myself, along with producing also all acting. So uh, Kelly Argent find out addicted to drugs in debt. And I play ride share driver, just trying to make, do whatever it takes to uh, help her troubled definitely and of course check that out yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty epic there's a i think lionsgate just dropped a uh a first look post and trailer on dango okay. um so that came out I think, about a week ago their their trailer is a little action-packed um so i want you know everyone to understand this is more of a drama 
Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips plays my parole officer. Penelope Ann Miller plays mom in flashbacks. Hugh Rourke, as you can imagine, the head of the crime syndicate. Uh, <laughs> Sean Astin plays my rideshare driving rideshare driver boss. Rideshare oh, look, boss. we're just talking about the Goonies. Yeah, exactly. Is. Um, working with Mikey. Yeah, Mikey. <laughs> it's funny too because uh, I I remember he you know Sean. I mean he's a busy guy. And uh, he didn't answer one of my texts. So I, as a, as a joke, I, vid- I videoed my son saying, Hey, Sean, will you please do my dad's movie? <laughs> <laughs> and That's then he great. answered me back right away. That's he, couldn't, great. You can, he couldn't deny the power of, of children. Exactly. Well, Thomas, I don't have anything else for you. And it's like I said, it's been a pleasure, man. I've been a fan for a long time. I'll talk to you anytime. I'll probably reach out again once you get a few more films built up and we'll talk again. <laughs> well, I'm sure that, uh, you know, once I get this uh, team off the ground and running in your favorite genre. Oh, yes, uh, I will. I'll be uh, banging on your door. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Justin. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. It's been a my pleasure. You have a great rest of your day, man. I'm going to try to find all my words. All right. <laughs> I left them somewhere. All right. Bye bye now.